passionate about the truth of God's Word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is a best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 16 years, mom to four children, not to mention everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hello there, producer Mike for the Autumn Miles Show. I hope you had a blessed weekend. Boy, last week it has been crazy weather-wise across the nation. And specifically in Dallas, they were hit really hard. Well, as a result, we weren't able to get into the studio to tape this week's message. But we are excited about bringing you a special message that Autumn recorded yesterday via Facebook. Now, Autumn regularly shares the Word of God through a Facebook live stream. She also hosts monthly in-depth Bible studies from her Facebook page. Now, to find Autumn on Facebook, just search for at Autumn Miles on Facebook or head over to our website to find all of her social media platforms. Okay, I don't want to take up any more time, so let's get to the show. Here's Autumn on this special edition of the Autumn Miles Show. Hello, everybody. Oh, my goodness. I've been waiting for you guys forever. <laughs> We've had a little delay in um, our study, and we are definitely doing it this week. You know, so I appreciate everyone praying for me and my family. Um, Texas got like, last week was the weirdest week ever. It was so weird. Uh, of course, I think the whole world knows now the power issues that we had last week here in the great state of Texas, of which I'm proud to be a part of. Um, but we were definitely caught off guard. It is so crazy though. I just, I have to tell you, this is so absolutely crazy. So Sunday night, we, we knew the forecast and, um, everyone was kind of like freaking out because of the forecast and making plans because that's what you do in warmer climate states. You're, you're not as prepared as the Northerners are to handle snow. And Sunday night, I, it was so crazy. I felt very, very strongly that we needed to postpone Monday mornings live and push it to Tuesday. And I was telling um, Cassie, I was like, we just don't know what the storm is going to produce. And boy, was that a prophetic word. I had no idea. And of course, we pushed the whole um, study to this week. But um, we are doing well. We've got our hot water back. Praise the Lord. We've got our... Um, We've got our power back. So thank you guys um, so much for praying for us. We heard from a lot of you guys last week. A lot of you guys, it was so sweet. It was like, I, as soon as I heard the power outages in Texas, I thought of you. And I was like, oh my goodness, that is so sweet. That is so amazing. Um, keep praying for the people here. We did have, uh, we had uh, some some issues, some issues with our home, but nothing quite as bad as other people. So um, I'm 100% so excited, uh, so so thankful uh, that God just sort of protected us. And you know what? Here's the thing. It was awesome to talk to my kids about needs versus luxuries. 
Um, our world has got it so twisted that we think that luxuries are needs and they're not. And um, so I was able to talk to my four kids about what is a need. What is a need? <laughs> not what is a luxury, what do you want to have, but what is a need? And it was a, I have great kids, but it was a really, really eye-opening week for them, I think, um, just because they have the luxury of power all the time. So anyway, it really cultivated some great conversations within our family, especially when we're all huddled in one room and we have like absolutely no power. And I'm thinking, how in the world am I going to feed these kids? Um, but we did and it was great and praise the Lord for that. Um, so thank you guys for praying. I am so excited about this study. Now, I have never, ever done a study on love. Why? Because everybody does them, okay? Um, I try to stick to topics and or nuggets that maybe you will not have heard of. I like to present to you nuggets of scripture. And if you read any of my books, any of the three of them, um, you'll know I like those nuggets of scripture that are unseen, unfound, aren't talked about, um, are kind of revelatory. And I feel like love has been preached seven ways to Sunday. So I didn't want to, I've never done a series on it, nor have I talked about it very much because, uh, because of that. However, I felt so incredibly strongly that God in his um, direction, clear direction, wanted me to do a study on love. I, again, <laughs> was hesitant, but looking at our world today and how the definition of love is so messed up, um, I feel very strongly that we're sort of on the right path. We are going to this week talk about a lot of different kinds of love from a fresh perspective, maybe that maybe that you haven't heard before. Um, but today I want to talk about love and in the spectrum of the Lord. And this is what God has laid on my heart to share with you. A lot of us as believers, a lot of us believe that God loves us or we wouldn't be believers. Okay, we've gone to church, we've done the thing, we've said, you know, um, I, I accept your love for me. But I would say, and I'm saying this maybe conservatively, most believers do not live like they are loved unconditionally by the Lord. When you live what you know, it changes how you live, okay? And I can look out in the spectrum of the Big C Church and I can tell you that most believers know God loves them, but don't live like God loves them. Now, I want to break down. The Bible talks about several different kinds of love, and I want to break it down for you. And then we're going to go back to this idea of living. And don't, don't log off, okay? Don't say in your head, I've heard this before. Because I want to challenge you guys today. 
with this idea, with this concept, with this nugget, okay? When we talk about love in the scripture, the scripture actually refers to several different kinds of love, but four main, main types of love, okay? The first type of love that the scripture talks about is uh, uh, eros love. Now, eros is the romantic love, okay? Uh, the love that you have for your significant other. There is a romance there, okay? I don't love my kids the way I love my husband. It's very, very different, okay? So there is that eros love, that romantic love, um, the love that draws two people people together, okay? The word eros is actually not in the scripture, but it is referred to multiple times in the scripture. It is one of the core types of love that the scripture talks about. The second one is phileo love. Now, phileo love, you look in the scripture and you can say, um, you can find phileo love pretty easily, uh, such as the city of brotherly love would be Philadelphia. The word Philadelphia is uh, made from the word phileo, brotherly love. This is the type of love you see, maybe um, you would see uh, when Jesus was standing at the tomb of Lazarus and he was weeping for his friend, okay? This is uh, love for your friends, a friendly love. Um, a lot of us have friends that are like amazing and you know, you call on the phone and we're like, we love you. You know, you're saying I love you with a brotherly love, okay? Um, a friendship love. The next one is this, a storage love. Storage love is a family love, okay? It's a love where, um, you know, you love your children. You know, uh, it's, a, it's a very special love. You can't, you, uh, the love that you have for your children is like unbelievable to me. I mean, it's so unique and so amazing. That is uh, one of the specific loves in uh, the Bible. It is not, the word is not in the Bible. However, it is referred to when you look at Mary and Martha grieving over Lazarus, or you look at um, uh, Jarius and his uh, wanting to heal his daughter and going to Jesus and saying, please, you know, come heal my daughter. And of course, Jesus did that. So uh, storage love is a familial love. It is a family love. It is a love like you have for your kids or something like that. And the last love that I want to talk about, and we are going to sit here, we're going to sit in this love, is agape love. Now, agape love, agape, a lot of ministries out there are called agape. Um, a lot of people don't know what that means because they, they have no, you know, agape, if you just heard the word and you didn't know that it was love, you'd be like, what in the world does that mean? Agape love is a sacrificial love. It is an unconditional love. It is a love that is not based on on feelings. It is a commitment love. Uh, it is a love that is uh, something that is very sacrificial and it is completely not based on condition at all. It's not, you can't, you can't earn it. 
You can't earn this kind of love. It is there. It is when something or someone makes a commitment to love you, not based on how you feel, not based on how you are, not based on how you act, not based on what you do. This love demands absolutely nothing in return. Um, and this is a, a special love that is absolutely not... Uh, it is it's special. It's like this kind of love is the kind of love that every single person in the world desires. I want to be loved even when I'm unlovable. I want to be loved even when I'm not reciprocating the love. I want to be loved even though I've got a bad attitude. I want to be loved. We all want this kind of love, this agape love. And guess what? God, when he says he loves us in scripture, this is the type of love that he has for us. I want to read uh, this passage of scripture for us. Don't, don't log off because I think this is going to give you a fresh perspective on the concept of agape love. Beloved, 1 John 4, 7 says this. Now, in this particular passage of scripture, the word love is referenced 32 times. So you, you want to pay attention uh, to what God says about love in 1 John. Here it is. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God for God is love. For this, the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we may live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent us to be a propitiation or to cover our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Now, it says right here in 1 John 4, 8, God is love. Now, we've a lot of us have heard that verse. God is love. God is love. God is love. And it's, it's kind of um, frustrating that we don't focus more on this concept of love. Because when we are talking in 1 John 4, 8, when we are talking about this type of love, it is that agape love. So we know that God is love. That's what he is. He is agape love. He is unconditional love. And the word agape, hang it with me right here. The word agape is defined in 1 Corinthians 13. Now, I know this is a, a very norm, uh, very well-known scripture about love. You see it everywhere. You see it on Valentine's Day cards. You see it at people's weddings. You see it, you know, kind of everywhere, displayed everywhere. And in 1 Corinthians 13, I'm getting ready to read it. It's going to define love for you. What most people don't understand is this is not just defining love for you. 
The word God is love, God is agape in 1 John 4, 8 is also the word used in 1 Corinthians 13. So when it said love, when it says love is, it's actually saying God is, okay? If God is agape love, then agape is God, okay? So I am going to define to you what uh, not just what love is, but how God characterizes himself in 1 Corinthians 13, okay? If God is agape love, then agape love is God, and it is defined in 1 Corinthians 13. Listen, and I want you to listen with a fresh set of ears. I want you to listen with this passage of scripture thinking this is not just love that is being defined here. This is God's character for me. This is who God is for me. This is who God is when he thinks about me. This is God. Listen to how God defines agape love. Paul actually writes this, uh, but the word agape is used. First Corinthians 13 says this, love is patient. We've heard this. Don't check out. This is amazing. Love is patient, or we can substitute God is patient. Love is kind. If God is agape, agape is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. I love this one because if you think if God is agape and agape is defined right here, um, you think of how much we have done to the Lord. Times that we've rejected him, times that we've doubted him, times that we've complained about what he's given us, our blessings. Um, You think about how many things that we have done against the Lord and yet it does not take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love, agape, never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away with. I'm going to read that back to you again. And I want you to think this is not just the definition of love. This is how God is towards you. Love is patient. God is patient with you. God is kind with you. He's not jealous. He doesn't brag. He's not arrogant. He's not in competition with you. He doesn't act unbecomingly. He doesn't seek his own. He doesn't seek his own with you. He doesn't want to use you for his selfish gain. 
like so many other people say, oh, he loves me. Uh, that man loves me or that woman loves me and they just want to use you for your money or for your position or for whatever it is. God doesn't need us. He loves us. It's not provoked. It doesn't take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It bears everything. It believes everything. It hopes in all things. It endures all things. It endures all things. It will not break down. This kind of love will not break down. Love never fails. Agape never fails. I just feel so strongly right now that we seek this type of love from our husband, our kids, our wife, whatever. And a lot of times these things we want desperately someone out there to be patient with us, to be patient as we're struggling, to be patient with our anxiety, to be patient with our trials, to be patient with us. We want someone out there in a world that looks like everyone hates each other, which it doesn't, just by the way. We want someone to be kind to us. Just be kind to me. Just, just be sweet to me. Just be nice to me. We want someone, anyone out there to bear our burdens for us. Someone, anyone out there, just bear, help me bear this burden of, of a bad marriage that are, I'm carrying or financial struggle that I'm carrying or, or a problem with raising my children that I'm carrying or you know this job uh, problem that I'm having or, or this anxiety. Just bear it for me. Bear it for me. Some of us just want words of hope. You're gonna make it. It's gonna be okay. I'm gonna make sure that you make it. I'm gonna make sure that you get there. The world is screaming out for someone to speak hope into them. Am I gonna be okay? Am I gonna be okay? We want desperately to hear from our mom or our dad. I'm gonna, uh, uh, is everything going to be okay? But oftentimes they don't even know if everything is gonna be okay. We want someone to bring us hope. We want someone to look at us. With all of our ugliness, you know the things that you don't tell anybody, but you know that they're there. You can slap lipstick on, you can like, you know, put aftershave on or whatever, but you know who you are. We want someone to look at us, not just what they see on the outside, but what they see on the inside and say, you know what, even though you have those things, even you are flawed, even though you are struggling, even though you're kind of a hot mess right now, even though you have doubts, even though I am going to be patient with you, I'm going to be kind with you, I'm going to bear all things for you, I'm going to hope all things for you, my love you cannot shake, you cannot buy, my love is absolutely never, ever, 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 no matter what you do, my love for you will never end. We have got a world out there that is so desperate for this kind of relationship. 
We've got a world out there that is, oh my gosh, I got so preachery that I've, I've lost my place in my Bible. We have got a world out there that is desperately saying, I want this. This is what I'm looking for. And I'm looking for it in a man. And I'm looking for it in a this. I'm looking for it in my job. You know, we can love jobs. We can love money. We can love all sorts of things. We can love a lot of different things. It's not just, it's not just people that we love. But they're searching for this. They need this. This is what our soul craves. This is what our soul longs for and this is where it gets tragic believers know believers know that God loves them they know but they don't live like it they're so focused on the fact that their husband doesn't love them like that or their kids don't love them like that or their moms don't love them like that or their fathers never did love them like that, or they don't even know who their father is. They're so focused on how they've been wronged by love and how love has done them wrong and how they can't find exactly what 1 Corinthians 13 is talking about in any person. So they give up on love and what they don't understand and what they don't realize is that they already have what they desperately want and they have it in a God who loved them before they even knew who he was. Satan, the, the enemy wants to get us so wrapped up on broken relationships, broken love, uh, people that have come in and betrayed us, they've hurt us, they've broken trust with us because he knows if he can tarnish the definition of love for us, then we will never understand that God actually does love us the way we desperately need to be loved. So he tarnishes the definition to make us believe that God even is not capable of loving us that way. And I am here to tell you that is a trick, that is a scheme of the enemy. And what I see right now, y'all, is that we are searching in men and in women and in things to give us hope, to give us assurance, to give us relief, to give us uh, kindness, uh, to give us patience. And those things are falling short and we're getting all discouraged and depressed and we're living with anxiety and all of these types of things when we already have what we need in God. If God is love, agape, and agape is 1 Corinthians 13, then you already have what you need. The problem is not that we are not loved. The problem is that we don't understand how desperately we are loved. And because we, the two don't seem to make sense to us, we actually are not living like we are loved. When I got this concept, this could make me cry, you guys. When I got this concept of love, I was 22 years old and I was in the worst marriage ever. For those of you that don't know, I was married before Eddie. It was horrible. I had decided that... My broken relationship and broken marriage at that time was the equivalent to how God thought about me. 
I didn't think that God could love me more than I was being loved in that terrible relationship that I was in. Satan's scheme worked on me. The broken love made me not even believe that God could love me. The broken relationship made me not even believe that God could love me past where I was. And one night at 3 a.m. in the morning, I felt, this is when I became a believer, for the first time after falling on the floor and saying, oh God, I need you. I don't know what to do with my life. I felt for the first time agape love. I was a hot mess, like hot mess express. That's what I was. My mind was so messed up. I was believing things that weren't true. I was paranoid. It was, there was so many things that were going on in my mind. And I met Jesus that night. And because for the first time in my life, I realized that God had loved me all along. Before I ever even knew him, he loved me. His love was actually waiting for me to find it. He loved me even when I didn't care about him. He loved me even when I didn't know about him. He loved me even though I was separated from him. And yet his love was waiting for me to find it. And that night at 3 a.m. in the morning, I realized for the first time, if God can love me right now, <laughs> as messed up as I was, when I'm so unlovable, when I'm so scarred and so messed up, he really does love me. And that changed every facet of how I lived. At that point, the love that I thought I wanted from my husband, it didn't matter anymore. The love I was desperately trying to earn from my husband at that point, it didn't matter anymore. I knew I was loved. I knew I was cherished. And so it didn't matter to me that my husband at that time was not checking all the love boxes and really none of them because I knew I was loved. When I met Eddie, when I met my, um, Eddie, we've been married 17 years almost. Yes. We are very proud of that. <laughs> when I met Eddie, my search for love was not out of desperation because I already had it. I was already loved. I already knew that God loved me. I already knew that exactly how I was is exactly what God wanted. And exactly who I was is exactly who God loved. And so when I met Eddie, you know, it's funny. A lot of girls are like, um, you know, you know, I just, I want to be loved. I want to be loved. And that just wasn't my experience because I had met the Lord and I had seen how passionately he loved me and he loved me when I was unlovable. So when I met Eddie, of course I wanted to be married. I wanted uh, the love of a husband in my life, but I didn't desperately need it. Why? Because I already knew I had it. 
So when I met Eddie, it was a totally different situation. I am very aware that there is no person in this world that can love me to the capacity that God can. So it eases things in our marriage when I don't feel like Eddie's checking all of the marriage boxes, when I don't feel like so-and-so is checking all of the friend boxes or whatever. It takes the pressure off of those relationships because I know they're human and I know I already have agape, unconditional love. When we live like we are fully, fully, unconditionally, sacrificially loved, we walk different, we talk different, there's a courage about us, there's, we, can, we can walk out of the house knowing you don't have to love me because God does. You don't have to like me because God does. That's why I can handle all the trolls that come on my page and talk about the lashes 24-7. Like, get over the lash thing, people. I don't, I don't, I don't even know. I can handle all of that stuff. Why? Because they don't have to like me. Because I know I am deeply loved. And when we look at our lives like that, you guys, we can weather any betrayal, any broken promise, any broken relationship. Why? Because we already have what we're looking for in Christ. We can move forward. And I'm telling you, I don't tell you everything that I go through on this page because I mean, because I don't. But I could tell you stories about how rejected I've been, how unloved I've been, how so many things has happened that I'll never talk about publicly. And yet I'm still pressing in to the Lord. Why? Because they don't have to love me. To know that God does for me is enough. We live differently when we know. We live differently when we see. We live differently when we experience that God, agape, 1 Corinthians 13, loves us. When we know we're loved, regardless, in spite of who we are, we can, it's a choice, we can live differently. And the relationships in your life have a decreased pressure on them. There's not as much pressure on them as there is when you don't believe or don't live like God loves you unconditionally. Um, I want you guys to live in that love. You know, a couple months ago, I remember I was just struggling so badly with uh, just several things uh, in my mind. And I remember I was out with the Lord one day and I was like, Lord, I just need relief. I need relief from these burdens that I'm bearing. I need, I need relief. And the Lord spoke to me very clearly. And he said, Autumn, I want you today, today, to do nothing else other than sit in my compassion for you. 
I am compassionate towards you, towards these things that you're facing. I am compassionate. I have great compassion for you. My compassion isn't failing. I want you to sit in the understanding that I see what you're going through, that I understand how you feel, and that I have great love and great compassion for you. And I sat in it all day and it did, it really healed some places in my heart. Today, I want you guys to read through 1 Corinthians 13 by yourself. And I want you to sit in that. And I want you to talk to the Lord about people that you are frustrated with. Maybe you're bitter with because they didn't love you the way that you feel like you should be loved. I want you to talk to the Lord about the betrayals, the frustration and love that maybe you've experienced because maybe you haven't thought about it this way yet. You already have in the Lord what you need. Anything else in my life, people that love me in my life is just like icing on a cake. I already got the cake, guys. I already, and I love me some cake. I've already got the cake. My relationship with Eddie is icing on top. My relationship with, you know, my parents and, and, and that kind of, there's just icing on the top. When you realize that today, as you read 1 Corinthians 13 for yourself, you're going to approach life and relationships completely differently because you already have what you need, what your soul needs. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show.